Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 138 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today and happy new year. Certainly you may be listening to this not on January 1st, and there's never a bad time to opt out of diet culture. But if you are listening to this close to January 1st, I am so glad you're connecting. I've taken a little break, so I'm glad to be in your ears again. And I have to say, I'm always so grateful that you trust me with this time. I feel like time is so precious. You know, I'm a mom of two kids and the primary caregiver of them, and time is one of the most precious things that I have. So I gotta say, thank you so much for letting me chat with you over the next 30 minutes. I'm really excited to bring you this letter. I have a letter from someone who has been working on recovery and in a place of anger and rebellion and spite. As this person is moving away from dieting, they kind of feel like they're doing it wrong because they're not eating when they're hungry and stopping when they're full, kind of like the basics that we learn with intuitive eating. Rather, they're eating because they're rebelling and they're feeling spiteful. I wonder if you can relate. Actually, I chose this letter for the January 1st episode because I have a feeling you can. You may have tried maybe a few times, maybe a few hundred times to move away from dieting and just found yourself having this kind of chaotic experience. Maybe it didn't feel peaceful at all. Well, I'm excited to bring you this letter because over the last year, I've been mapping out more of a sort of framework for the food peace journey. And, you know, I've been walking along people's food peace journey for about 20 years now. And since I kind of think in these bigger pictures, it's harder for me to put names on sort of keys or steps or principles, but I've been working over the last year to do that. And so I want to share with you these six keys to add to your food peace journey while I'm answering this letter. And for you, letter writer, I hope it helps. And maybe for someone listening who can identify with this letter, I hope it helps you to kind of get a bigger picture of where you may be on the food peace journey. And honestly, if I could sum up all of it in one key point, it's that you really have permission to be where you are right now, no matter what. Because, you know, we live in this world that's pretty shitty when it comes to how it relates to food. It's not exactly recovered yet, right? 
So where you are is where you are. And feeling ashamed of it, well, someone told you you should be ashamed. And (laughs) I'm here to tell you that they're full of shit. You should not feel ashamed for it. I wish I had the power to give you permission. I don't. Only you have the power to give yourself permission. And I hope by listening for the next 20 or 30 minutes that you do feel like you have more permission to be where you are so you can reconnect and repair. All right, before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. You may be wondering what PCOS is. That's polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I specialize in helping people with PCOS to move along their food peace journey because they're a group of people that are told they have to diet, no matter what. They have to diet in order to manage this, this condition. And really, you don't. There is a way to do things like intuitive eating and mindful eating and feel more at home in your own skin. There are tools that we have that I want to give you that's tailored just for you with PCOS. And if you are a clinician, especially a dietitian that wants more tools to help people with PCOS, Well, I also have a course for you that gives you 20 continuing education units. So if you're a dietitian, go to pcosandfoodpeace.com slash dietitian. Um, And then if you are not a dietitian, go to pcosandfoodpeace.com. One more quick thing that I want to let you know before we get to the letter is if you're new to the podcast, I have something called the Food Peace Syllabus. So the Food Peace Syllabus is a collection of resources that we've been putting together over the last 139 plus episodes of the Love Food Podcast. You know, sometimes I have people on that help me answer letters, people who are on their own food peace journey, people who are clinicians, and they have added things that they have found to be helpful. And so we've collected them and you can get the most updated version of it by going to juliedillonrd.com. Also by getting that resource, you also get signed up to receive Um, access to information that I only share in my email newsletters. And if you are someone who already gets that, well, you may be wondering, well, I want that new updated food peace syllabus. Don't worry. It's going to be sent out in a newsletter um, very soon. So you'll get access to it as well. Of course, actually, what I usually end up doing is adding it to a newsletter before I add it to anything that someone can download. And what I'm also going to be sharing in these newsletters are my food peace methods, these keys that I'm going to be talking about today. I, you know, I try to sum up all of these keys or six of them in um, about 20 minutes. And honestly, I could probably talk for about 20 days about them. There's so many nuances that are really, really important. And so if you want access to those nuance, because you want to identify where you are and get more help on your food peace journey, be sure to go ahead and get the food peace syllabus, but also loop into getting the newsletters because I will only be adding the, that information in those newsletters. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. 
EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dear Food, I've been through eating disorder treatment, which allowed me to have much less stress in my life about food and dieting. But now I have so much freedom, but I'm not one bit interested in eating intuitively. I'm almost eating in spite of everything I used to believe. I'm bad. I'm too fat. I'm unhealthy. I'm rebellious. I'm holding myself back from so many opportunities by being so large, etc. Eating intuitively is hard when you're so angry. Is this, quote, eating whatever I want, when I want, unquote, ever going to be normal? I just wish I didn't have to think about this. Love, trying, yet unsure. Hey there, trying and unsure. I want to let you know I'm with you. I hear what you're saying, and I really look forward to this explanation because I think you've been led to believe that you're doing it wrong, and you're not. From your letter, I can tell you're not doing it wrong. You're doing it the way you need to do it. As someone who's been partnering on People's Food Peace Journey for about 20 years now, there's this kind of flow or steps or keys that I notice along the food peace journey. And I hate kind of thinking of steps because I think it sounds almost like a diet, which I think is what's making this tough for you, letter writer. I think you think it's, you're not doing it right because it's not changing in the way maybe it's expected to by certain people in your life or the way your brain is expecting it to. But there's these certain steps that I typically see as I'm walking with someone on their journey and the journey is not linear and sometimes people have to kind of go back and forth and re-add certain layers as life hands them 
things that just happen in life because it's complicated. And remember, we're helping you to recover in a world that hasn't recovered yet from its own eating disorder. So you're constantly being re-traumatized. So that's why it's not all clean and straightforward and expected as the way your brain and my brain too have been taught to heal from things. And along the way, as I've been partnering with people on this food peace journey, I've come up with six sort of steps or keys that I wanted to share with you. And for you, letter writer, I kind of want to pinpoint where I think you are from your letter. And anyone listening, I, I actually, I have a feeling there's a lot of people who are listening who can identify with you, letter writer, because what you're experiencing is really common. No matter how long someone's been trying to move away from dieting and try to heal a relationship with food, those first few steps will feel exhilarating and so scary. And it will feel like a nonstop binge. And what happens in that process, because the way we've been taught to experience food is that we blame ourselves. We sit in that big old shame pile and expect ourselves to get ourselves out when we're not the one dumping it on us, you know? So anyway, I digress. Like I said, there's six keys to food peace and to continue on your food peace journey. And even as I said that, I'm like, wow, I made it sound like this finite place. And it's just not. It would be if someone lived in an uber-privileged body that was naturally small and they didn't have a lot of stress in life. Or, or maybe and, if we lived in a world that wasn't so fatphobic and centered on diet culture, I think it would be more finite then. And let's go ahead and develop this utopia, this food utopia, but it just doesn't exist right now. So keep in mind as I talk about it, if you think of it in a finite way, and as I catch myself saying it in a finite way, we need to attend to that because that is more diet culture focused. And we really are trying to move away from that. So the six keys to food peace all start with the letter R. And I'm going to name them now. I'm also going to link in the show notes to a blog post that covers them. And I want to go through them briefly. So the first one is respect. The second is release. Third is repair. Fourth is rewire. Five is reconnection. And six is recommend. And I feel like for you, letter writer, you're within those four first four steps. And let's dive into each one so you listening can understand where I'm coming from. And maybe you can kind of decide from hearing about it where you think you are on your food peace journey and also sort of look ahead and know what repair work needs to be done. So I always see the first step on a person's food peace journey to include respect. And I think for many of us, when we look at body positivity or body love or self-love, which is often the first kind of um, interview into the non-diet approach is these body positive or self-love type of Instagram posts. I think there's this belief that we need to completely just adore our body, that not dieting and recovering from an eating disorder or moving away from that kind of rigid thinking about food means that we need to love every um, wrinkle, every quote unquote flaw, every part of our body. 
And again, if we lived in a world where that was the norm, I think it would be possible pretty quickly, but we don't. And what I encourage you and anyone that I've ever met with as I help them on their food peace journey is to first consider respect, body respect. And body respect also happens to be oh, the name of a wonderful book by Linda Bacon and Linda Bacon rather and Lucy Affamore. And body respect and a food peace kind of process, what that means is really acknowledging the diet history you have, how much you've tried to follow food rules and try to push your body into a place where the world says it needs to be in order to be acceptable and the times that it hasn't worked out and really acknowledging that you've tried enough and moving towards a place of body respect, I hope is more accessible than body acceptance, body love. I do wish you could get to that place where that happened, where you felt that natural kind of acceptance and peace and love with your body. And I do think it's possible. And I see the first step for many people to be about respect that, hey, you know, maybe just maybe the tools that I have been given my whole life were not ones that actually work as evidenced by this history of trying so many damn times to diet and lose weight and just constantly falling off the wagon. I like to say, let's just burn that wagon wagon down because really that's just weight cycling and you're not falling off a wagon. You're just doing what we as humans are wired to do to stay alive. When our body doesn't get enough food, whether it's from trying to have less fat on our body or whether it's to eat in a, a new trendy way or whether we're on a deserted island, the body doesn't know the difference. It just thinks, oh shit, we are in a time of distress. Let's really focus on food. Let's really hunt for more food. And when you see food, eat all of it that you can. Has that ever happened to you? I know for many people, they think that means that they're weak, that they have a character flaw, or they don't have willpower. No, that means that you are a successful human. And respecting your body is gently acknowledging that the tools that you were given just weren't the right ones for you. And P.S., they're not the right tools for most people. But if we think about it personally, for you, they just weren't the right tools. And respecting your body means for a little while, especially if it's hard to really completely 100% turn your back on diet culture, but acknowledging that maybe for the next three to six months, you could actively try and really try with compassion and be okay when you can't, but try to opt out of diet culture and diets and pursuing weight loss. I know that's a hard sell, especially on January 1st. If you're listening to this when this podcast is released, happy new year. And yeah, everyone around us is dieting. So what I'm asking is a really hard sell. But again, look back on your diet history. How many diets have you been on? Can you remember the last time you weren't dieting? Can you remember your first diet and how long ago it's been that you've tried and tried and tried to, quote, fix your, your eating or to fix your body? Body respect is gently trying to step back and acknowledging that maybe, maybe it's not you that needs to be fixed. 
And just a maybe, honestly, because I know there's more to it. And as you move through the different keys to food peace and moving along your journey towards food peace, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's okay that you maybe don't believe all of it. And I want you not necessarily just to trust me because I think that's bullshit. Um, It's hard for me, someone who has a lot of privilege and has always lived in a smaller body to know what it's like to be you. I want you to trust you (laughs) and trust what you need and maybe just acknowledge gently again that the tools that you've been given haven't been the ones that you need. And maybe you know what's best for you. Maybe. So moving on, there's so much more that I can go into with all these different keys, by the way, but I want to kind of keep it moving so this podcast isn't four hours long. But the the second step that I see people that I'm working with in person along their food peace journey is the step of release. I appreciate that you're holding on to so much shame because diets haven't worked for you. And again, it's a really shitty tool. It's not your fault. It's really this shitty tool. It doesn't work for at least 95% of people. But somehow you've been manipulated by lots of big oppressive systems and really rich companies to believe that it's your fault when their product doesn't work. And so because you've been successfully manipulated, you're holding on to this huge burden of shame. And what I want you to maybe conceptualize, especially if if body respect is something that you find yourself really struggling with, which is okay. You need to take your time with these steps. But as you move forward, what other people have told me that they've experienced is this kind of flood of anger. This anger because they really connect with, oh, really, these tools do not work for me because they don't work. And letter writer, when you were talking about the anger and how hard it is to eat intuitively when you're angry, I was like, hell yeah, it's hard to eat when you're so angry or to you know follow hunger and fullness and satiety cues when you're angry, because I think that's what you mean by intuitive eating. But that, that's really hard to do because one can be so full of anger. And what I notice with that anger is simultaneously, there's a lot of release going on. And that is the second key to food peace is moving through this place of releasing that shame that I often call it like a shame cloak that's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to diet companies. It belongs to like things like white supremacy and the patriarchy. It belongs to these really big oppressive systems that one person cannot dismantle or fix that it's going to take a whole lot of us to do. And identifying with that, it's going to make you so pissed off. And I hope um, the training for a lot of us, especially those of us who are socialized to be girls, and females, um, a lot of us will feel uncomfortable with that anger. And I hope you can give yourself some experimental permission to release it because releasing it is such a fantastic thing to do on your food peace journey. Honestly, as a provider, a clinician, when I see someone in that place of anger, I know this may sound kind of weird, but I get excited about it because I know that's what they're doing is they're starting to release that shame that does not belong to them. And until you release that shame, I think a person is just going to continuously be 
on a diet roller coaster, feeling that anger and releasing that shame is one of the first major steps to get off the diet roller coaster. And depending on how long you've been on that roller coaster, and also depending on your lived experiences, that kind of depends, that that all like adds up to how much anger is going to be in there. And so, you know, you may see some people trying to estimate, people like me will try to estimate how long it's going to take in that kind of space of anger. I see for a lot of people um, that it's going to, it's a good year of being pissed off. And that really is so like just a crapshoot, honestly. It's just kind of guessing. I don't know. Some people move faster than that and other people, it takes longer and it's not their fault. It's just kind of like the the lived experience they have, the earth suit that they have, the the support they have, and the access that they have to people that are going to be advocating for them. And so for you, I don't know where you are in your journey and what you have access to, but I hope you can picture taking off that shame cloak, burning it, throwing it in the ocean, doing whatever you need to do to figuratively or literally just take it off you because it's it doesn't belong to you. All right, so let's move on. The third key is repairing. For me, if I could sum up my work as a dietitian, as a food behavior expert, as someone trained in mental health counseling, if I could sum up my work in one word, it's permission. And the repair part of the food peace journey encompasses so much permission because walking this earth and having to diet and that trauma that comes from having to nurture yourself with food, but with rules and regulations that hurt, that starve, that kick in these biological primal needs that our body's wired to not really understand and to to fight back. That is something that is, gosh, it's such a minimization, but it's just not kind and is, uh, again, like a a massive violation of being a human and um, isn't decent. And it's, it's really taking away some human rights. Acknowledging that your body has been given the wrong tools in the place of body respect and then releasing that shame. The next place of repair is really actively trying to give yourself permission to be where you are. And letter writer, that's what I was hearing in your letter, was that you were trying so hard to repair. You were trying to probably experiment with things like compassion. And I hear the tinges of curiosity, which is so important. I remember learning about the the foundation of intuitive eating to be curiosity. And um, intuitive eating authors, um, Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Resch, of course, those are people that came up with intuitive eating and is a foundation of the food peace journey. You know, having a curious kind of non-judgmental stance, I believe to be the foundation for food peace. And as you move to respect your body and to release that shame and start to repair I would encourage you to acknowledge and compassionately take care of that anger and probably that shame that you're trying to move away because it doesn't belong to you. 
that will take so much energy and time. And for many people, those free first three steps, I see to be the majority of the work that needs a clinician to help them, that takes a long time and needs lots and lots of permission. And so what I hear you saying, letter writer, is that you want to connect to this, the steps of intuitive eating of, you didn't say this, but this is kind of what I was seeing between the lines of like, you wanted to, to eat when you're hungry and eat until you're full and then move away from the food and just kind of think of it in more of a technical fuel base instead of all this emotion and spite and rebellion. But that's what that repair space is all about, is acknowledging that I am so fucking pissed off right now that the world has taught me to hate my body and I'm going to eat it because I can. And I support that step 100%. I think that is so important for healing and of course health, but more importantly, healing, which to me is the most important part of all. But with healing comes health. That's something that will slowly start to be more accessible as you're more in your body. Along with repair, what I see as the fourth kind of key in the food peace journey is rewiring. It's as you have compassion and you start to feel more comfortable with curiosity, you'll notice things like food rules. And I don't know if you think in words. I personally don't. I think more in feelings and in pictures. So um, as I talk about this step, I just have to admit that I don't really think in thoughts that are words like most people do. And I wonder if you do as well. But I acknowledge that most people probably think in words and thoughts. And if you acknowledge and notice with your curiosity that, hey, I have this food rule that I'm not supposed to eat after seven o'clock. And to be really curious about that and challenge it and get pissed off about it. Well, then there'll be a place where you'll have access to things like, oh, well, I can change that rule. I can unlearn it. I can say instead, well, hey, when my body's hungry, I'm going to allow myself to eat because my body's information is really important and I really want to trust it. That's the part of rewiring. It can be really exciting. And especially if you allow yourself and you have access to the space for permission and curiosity and respecting your body and releasing that shame, you'll find that that rewiring stage will be kind of intuitive, like intuitive eating. And honestly, this, these steps of respect and release and repair are the steps that I like to add in with clients when I meet with them individually before we do intuitive eating work. I feel like that's the add-on that if I could help write another edition that I would write with it. Okay, so after rewiring, the next one is reconnection. That's starting to rely on things like hunger cues and noticing things like, hey, I think I'm meal hungry or no. I'm snack hungry or no, I just have a, I just need a taste of something. You know, the, that kind of embodied work can only happen after you've felt all that anger and you have really built up a kind of conversation with mind and body. And that's only accessible after the shame, that burdensome shame cloak is taken off. It's really, I don't want to say impossible because that just seems so like exact and that's just not my thing but I really can't see how that would work when shame is blocking. Um, Sometimes I think we can sit in that shame and feel panic hungry 
because of the biological wiring to survive. And again, just being a successful human, we can do that when we're feeling that heavy burden of shame. But really the nuance of what intuitive eating work is for so many people and mindful eating, those types of things that I think a lot of us really yearn for as we're healing our relationship with food, you'll find that starting to happen in that piece of reconnection. So many years ago, I did supervision with Evelyn Triboli. And one of the things that she taught me about intuitive eating is that it's really simple, but it's not easy. And I think that's a really great way to acknowledge that kind of reconnection and rewiring work. It may just be easier when the place of shame has been you know, put on the diet industry instead of on your shoulders, yet you'll find it's still messy. And I notice when people are on their food peace journey with me individually, they often, as they're reconnecting and rewiring, they will often need to loop back into body respect and repair work because, again, our culture has not healed from its eating disorder and it's quite fat phobic everywhere I've been. And so you will notice that you have to go back and that's not your fault. Again, the more you can acknowledge that belongs to the culture, to these really big oppressive symptoms and not, um, not symptoms, rather systems, but it's not your fault. It's the world's fault. So I want to move on to the last key. And the last key, I really actually like to call it advocacy or something like that, empowered advocacy. Um, Actually, as I say the word empowered, I feel like it's an overused word, kind of like body positive. So it doesn't really attach much meaning to me anymore. But What I see the last key encompassing is something like advocacy, but I feel like I need to use an R word because all the other ones naturally just had R's. So I'm thinking recommend, hey, but if you have a better word that kind of means advocacy, that would fit better, let me know. Send me an email at julie at juliedillonrd.com. Let me know if you have one. But this last key I feel like is really important. And I almost, if I can picture the swirl, I guess, of... Um, the synergy of this food peace method and the the keys to it, helping someone along their journey. I almost picture this recommend or this advocacy being kind of around the whole thing because I see it almost as this protection and this um, this way to come together as a community of those of us who are opting out of diet culture and. I always need to acknowledge when I talk about this that my lived experience is much different from maybe yours because I've always lived in a smaller body. I I am white and I um, am Christian. I have all these parts of me that are part of the dominative narrative. So it's easier. And there are many people that I've lined up with that want to surround you. And maybe a hug if you're willing, (laughs) but kind of joining hands around you as this community circle that wants to support you on your food peace journey. And I'm just thinking this off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm picturing your food peace journey as this path. And it has sometimes rocky, kind of mountainous terrain, and sometimes it's valleys. But I oftentimes think of there's going to be periods where you're going to need some guardrails. And those guardrails can be people like me and people like Evelyn Tribble and Elise Resch, Deb Beauregard, Reagan Chastain, 
Ivy Felicia, Jess Baker, all these amazing people who are with you, opting out of diet culture. And some of those people I named also have a lived experience that's different from mine that I hope sounds more like yours. And I want you to know that we want to be with you on this and we support you. And so if you join us, we can join together to be stronger. So again, i calling it recommend, but I can't think of the right name. So help me out. I would love your help because I think the advocacy piece basically helps that synergy kind of continue. If you, more of a circle just keeps the motor running because it's a sort of protection, helps more people join in and also reminds you that you're not alone in this. And I really trust that you know what's best for your body. And I can't ask you to trust me because again, I don't have your same lived experience, but I really want you to have permission to connect with your body in times when it's, an ex- when it's accessible and when it's safe. And there's going to be times where I know it's not. And I hope you can give yourself permission in those moments. All right. So those are the six keys that I think are important to add to your food peace journey. And I wonder what you think. You know, I'm playing around with these keys because I've kind of conceptualized them over time, but I've never really verbalized them before. So I feel a bit awkward about them. But for you, letter writer, I wonder how they sit with you and anyone listening. I don't know. What do you think? Tell me, I don't know. I guess I'd, I'd appreciate your feedback. And um, before we get to Food's Letter, because I see food is written back, I want to say thank you for joining me on the Love Food Podcast today and sticking with me through all these episodes. Um, You may be a new listener, so thank you for trusting me through this whole episode. And if you've been with me for a while, thank you. It really warms my my heart and brings tears to my eyes to know um, how much you trust me and... um, you give me this time, this very precious time that you have. And let me just talk to you about what I think about the food peace journey. So thank you. And until next time, take care. Dear trying yet unsure, we wish you knew how brave you are. You have acknowledged the pain and trauma. You've walked toward vulnerability which we know is provoking this anger. Gently, and as you have the ability to, connect with this anger. Know it is righteous and worthy. You don't need to be fixed, and eating out of anger, spite, and rebellion is eating intuitively. It is eating to heal. We hope you can hang up your shame cloak and sit with permission and curiosity. This is where you and your soul will begin to repair what is yours. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here 
next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.